وبركاته بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد You guys tired, huh? Or you energized after lunch? What you had for lunch? Burgers, mashallah So my topic is proactive leadership and service to humanity I'm going to try and keep it a little interactive. It's not going to be a talk as such so that it can keep you focused, right? Because after you have a nice, what is it, a double burger, <laughs> you may be feeling a bit sleepy. When you think of leadership, what do you think about? Anybody? You better pick up your hands and, and, and suggest some answers. Other than I'm going to point out at you and ask you. When you think of leadership, there's no right or wrong answer. We just... Having a discussion. When you think of leadership, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What's a leader? Who's a leader? What do you imagine? Gee, I, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Just say it a little bit louder. A person that controls a situation. Mashallah. That's a good uh, definition. Anybody else? Remember, there could be multiple definitions, multiple understandings, and all of them could be right. Some of them could be more right and others could be less right, but they're not necessarily wrong. So somebody who controls the situation. What, what do you think of, uh, what, what's your understanding of who's a leader? You want to try? Manages a team. So it's not a person who's going alone in life. See, one thing you must understand about leadership, it's not only the person who gets the highest office. You know, someone who becomes a president or someone who becomes a prime minister or a CEO. At various levels, you can be a leader. You can be a leader in an organization. You can be a leader in a community. The imam is a leader. He's leading you in salah, right? Um, you can be a leader in a business. If you're managing a business, maybe you don't own it, but you're managing it. And you've got a number of staff that are working under you. If you're a soccer captain, you're a leader. If you're a cricket captain, you're a leader. If you, how many of you are still in school? or university so sometimes they, yeah they give you an assignment right and they make one person the leader when you go in jamaat then they make you amir so that's all leadership different circumstances will require slightly different skills in terms of leadership but i want to share with you this much that leadership is about serving people leadership is about serving people so you mustn't desire leadership because you want to be the center of attraction or you want to be uh, the person who enjoys the perks that goes with the position. Rather, you should, if, if leadership comes your way, you should see it as an opportunity to serve people, to add value to the lives of others, to help people become the best versions of themselves, uh, to maximize on their talents. Now, the topic that they gave me, and you would have seen it on the poster, is proactive leadership. So naturally, you guys are clever guys, intelligent people, you've been you, you're in school, you're in university. Proactive would be the opposite of? Huh? Non-active or reactive, right? So what would be the difference? And this is, this is important. What's a reactive leader and what's a proactive leader? A reactive leader is not someone who's necessarily lazy. A reactive leader could be someone who's working very hard, but things catch him by surprise. He deals with events as they happen. So if you're playing soccer and you, don't, you didn't do much research about your, your opposition, 
You don't know who's the striker. You don't know who's the defender. So you've got talent. You're a good soccer player. You're a, you're a captain of your soccer squad. But you go onto the pitch and you're going to get caught by, by surprise. Because you're reacting now. So they have the initiative. They have the momentum, the opposition. And you're now just reacting. That guy is scoring. Now you've got to score to equalize. That guy is you know, coming near the, uh, the post. You've got to try and block him. Whereas a proactive leader anticipates events. They prepare. They're thinking. They're visualizing. They do what they call scenario planning. That, okay, I'm going to be a leader in this particular position. Uh, position. Maybe we're going for a field trip, a group of youngsters. What likely could happen? Maybe they, there's a shortage of water. What could likely happen? Maybe it starts raining. So you go for an overnight fishing trip and you the Amir. Or maybe you go in Jamaat and in the middle of the night there's load shedding and the generator doesn't kick in. So that kind of a leader is always one or two steps ahead of situations and, and events. He plans very meticulously. He understands that what are the objectives here? What do we want to achieve at the end of the day? Now, there's a very interesting thing. They say you, uh, a reactive leader is busy, but a proactive leader is productive. You understand the difference between busy and productive? You know, you, you guys familiar with the treadmill? Right? So a person who's running on a treadmill, is he busy? But if he runs for one hour, has he moved anyway? He's exactly on the same spot. He's sweating, he's tired, his body is aching, but he's exactly on the same spot. So you can't fault him for being lazy. He tried, he's been working very hard. So there's a difference between being busy and being productive. Being productive means you have a sense of purpose. You don't necessarily work hard, you work smart. You know what the issues are, you know what to prioritize, you know what action is required. You're not just going with the flow, doing something because everyone else is doing the same thing or doing something for the sake of doing it. And when a problem arises, you don't let that problem uh, stump you, you know, as they would say. You don't let that problem cripple you. You become solution orientated. You don't just say, well, this is wrong. Okay, if it's wrong, as a leader, you have the responsibility now to offer a solution. If, if you're a leader of a project and one of the team members is doing something, you can't just tell him, don't do that, it's wrong. You've got to show him an alternative. Now, okay, if this is wrong, to achieve the same outcome, this is how you got to do it. Reactive leaders, they get stuck in routine. Because they do the same things every day, they just want to do the same things every day. And they're working very hard, but it's like on a treadmill. Whereas a proactive leader, and that's, that's the topic, so that's why I'm spending time, because that's the topic that was given, and I'm sure there's some wisdom behind the topic that was chosen. A proactive leader knows what's to, what to prioritize. Sometimes in the, at night you say, right, tomorrow this is what I need to do first thing. And after that I need to do the second. But in the morning, circumstances change. So your priorities change. You can't say, no, because I diarized it in this particular way. This is my to-do list. So therefore, I have to stick by it. I have to stick by it. Now, you know, it's, it's about sports these days. So even, you know, you're going with the game plan. Right? If you're playing cricket and maybe you say, right, this guy here, we thought about it. We're going to bowl him bounces and we're going to get him out. But the first one, he smashed it for six and the second one went for four and the third one went for six. You can't carry on with that just because that was the game plan. You've got to understand now that the priorities will change. Another difference between a reactive leader and a proactive leader is that reactive leaders manage processes. They're okay, you've got to do this and then you've got to do that and you've got to do that. Whereas a proactive leader manages people. 
He understands the temperament of the different people in his group. He knows how to speak to them, how to inspire them, how to get them uh, motivated. So I'll say one last point here about a proactive leader versus a reactive leader. They say the difference is like that between a thermometer and a thermostat. You familiar with both? You guys do science in school. So what's a thermometer? Gives you the temperature, right. What's a thermostat? Huh? It changes the temperature. That's it, spot on. So a thermometer will just tell you it's 21 degrees. It's 30 degrees. Okay, it's hot. The moment is telling you, it's hot. You know, they put the thing in your mouth or they put it in your ears. It'll tell you you got a fever. But a thermostat, it will know what to do. It, it regulates it. If it's too cold, it warms it. If it's too warm, it allows it to cool. So a proactive leader is like a thermometer. Uh, sorry, like a thermostat. And a reactive leader is just reacting. So he's just telling you it's too cold or it's too hot. So quickly, I'm going to share with you. I mean, this is a very... Um, what you call it, vast topic, and it can become detailed, and it can become a little technical, and I'm going to save you that, because I can see you had a long day, so I'm just going to talk about the very basic concepts. These things are very basic, but inshallah, if you, if you listen with some degree of attention, you'll find it useful in life. I'm going to share with you six things about leadership, very quickly. So not the, the tablighi six points. You, you know the tablighi six points, huh? You know, almost we uh, put you to the test. Right? So the first one, the first one is about your own spirituality. If you want to be an effective leader, you also have to have a strong relationship with Allah Ta'ala. You know, IQ is your qualification. EQ is your ability to interact with people. And SQ is your own relationship with Allah. So your niya, why am I a leader? Am I doing it for fame? Am I doing it because I want people to praise me more than they praise anyone else? Or am I doing it for the pleasure of Allah? The second aspect of your spirituality is your own taqwa. Because you see, sin weakens your brain. As intelligent as you may be, or as talented as you may be, when you sin, Allah withdraws His mercy. Allah withdraws His blessings. Someone with lesser talent, with lesser intelligence, will achieve more if they keep Allah happy. And the third thing is your own actions. Today, it's a world of distraction. It's a world of, you know, Digital obsession. If you perform your salah, you read your Quran, you make your dhikr. We know the famous incident when Fatima radiallahu anha, the beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu when she came to the Nabi of Allah and said, I, I have too much of work. I need a helper. So what did Nabi sallallahu tell her? Read the tasbih, which is now known as the tasbih of Fatima. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allah. But you know, 33, 33 and 34. Right? So 33, 33 and 34 will give you how much? Yeah, okay, mashallah. <laughs> Just to keep you awake. So, what does B got to do with work? She said, Ya Rasulullah, I need a helper. Right? Physical helper. Somebody's going to help me with the work. So imagine you come and I'm telling you that, uh, you know what, uh, pick up all these chairs and stack it. And you come and you say, I need help. I say, read, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. You look at me and you say, but now, I mean, I need somebody to help me pick up the chairs. Why? Because dhikr gives you spiritual energy. And spiritual energy is more powerful than Red Bull or Monster or what's the other one now? I'm losing track. Huh? Switch. What about Prime? You never of Prime? No, in, yeah, I know. I went to UK last month. My, my sons were messaging me every day. Please buy Prime, Prime, Prime. I, I saw the price, it became non-Prime. So, 
So spirituality, right? Spirituality. The second thing, I'm sharing six with you. These six, I'm going to ask you about it, right? When we end, so note it mentally or, uh, or on paper or whatever. The second is integrity. Who was the greatest leader? The greatest leader, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? For 40 years, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's integrity was established. What were the titles that people knew him by? As-Sadiq, Al-Amin. You know the story. They knew him to be truthful. They knew him to be honest. After 40 years of being established as a person of integrity, then only the leadership position came. You see, you can have talent, you can have knowledge, you can have expertise, you can have experience. But if you don't have integrity, it's very difficult to succeed as, um, as a leader. In English, they say when the mud is thick, even the elephant slips. There are so many leaders primarily because of two reasons, either women or money. They mess it up. You see all the scandals that are taking place in politics, in sports, at times even in religious circles. It's either women or money. There's a scandal. Temptation. And shaitan knows the more talent you have, the more potential you have, the thicker the mud. Because he knows it's going to be more difficult to slip, so he wants to increase the chances of you slipping. And the public is very fickle. They'll make you a hero today, and the same people who made you a hero will want to make you a zero. So you see the Ronaldo, right? La until last year, he was a big hero. Now everyone is criticizing him because of what happened at Man United. And because of what happened, now they're saying he's arrogant, he's not a team player, he was sulking on the bench. The same person hardly a year ago, he was a hero. If you look at it, the same heroes that are playing football this World Cup, 10 years from now, they'll be forgotten. They'll be forgotten. So the public is very fickle. If you, if you mess up, they become very unwilling to, to forgive you. So you have to protect your integrity. You have to make sure, especially if, as a Muslim, no matter whether you have a leadership position or not, you protect your integrity. But more so if you are in a leadership position. Otherwise, there are many who could have been great leaders and who were great leaders, but then who missed the opportunity to make the most of it because of, of succumbing to temptation and compromising their integrity. So what was the first? Spirituality. And the second? Integrity. Ready for the third one? Servant leadership. This is a big buzzword in the corporate world, right? Servant leadership means that you lead people to serve them, not for them to serve you. That's, that's what it is in simple terms. Rasulullah said, Sayyidul Qawmi Khadimuhum. The leader is the one who serves. A leader is selfless, not selfish. A leader does more for others than what they do for him. The greatest leader we already accept is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They say Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was a benefactor. In English, the definition of a benefactor is that person who does for others without expecting them to do for him in return. So when, when the people that you are leading, whether it's a soccer team or a cricket team or whether it's a project or whether it's an organization or whether it's a business, when they see you're a servant leader, then you've already won half the battle. They become loyal to you. You know, they say they'll walk through a brick wall for you. When they see you have empathy, empathy means you put yourself in their shoes. You try to understand what are their challenges, what are their difficulties. You're not just barking orders the whole day. You're not just, you know, firing off instructions. You understand different people have different temperaments. Different people have different opinions. Different people have different views. They come from different cultures. They come from different backgrounds. And you try and accommodate everyone without compromising the core values 
without compromising the core principles. So not in a, like in a sense where, okay, now if you want to come late to work, come three hours late, no problem. No, no. Now, if you coming from far, then I understand you coming from far. And maybe there's traffic, and maybe there's this. So I'll make this accommodation for you. You coming from here, it's a different circumstance. You are serving them rather than expecting them to serve you, and you have empathy for them, then you've won half the battle. Because then you're going to get cooperation. Even in the sports world, some of the most successful captains were not the best players. Some of the most successful captains, normally the best player is the one that they make, the captain. But some of the most successful captains were not the best players. They had love for the people that they were leading. They had empathy. And they did for them more than they expected them to do for the leader. And that's when they won them over. Now they were willing to do anything. They say, you know, your, 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 the people you are leading will be willing to go to war for you. There is one article that, you know, the Jimmy had released some years ago. And it had a few interesting titles. It says, a leader emerges amongst people. A ruler campaigns. You must be a leader, not a ruler. A ruler will say, choose me, choose me. A leader will, his conduct is such that people will automatically choose him. A leader derives his appeal from humility. A ruler derives his appeal from superiority. I'm better than all of you, so I have to lead you. But that's a ruler. A leader, he shows so much of humility that everyone wants him to lead them. A leader's hallmark is mercy. A ruler's hallmark is authority. A leader is reliable. A ruler is reliant. He's always relying on other people. Uh, a, a leader has concern, unyielding concern. A ruler has, he wants unyielding compliance. You must listen to me. My way or the highway, right? So that's the third, servant leadership. The fourth, if you make it to a leadership position in life, maybe you, you guys still have prefects in school. Head boy. Any head boys here? Any prefects here? Oh, mashallah. Okay. So if you make it to a leadership position, you don't say, well, I've done it now, right? You don't say that. Let me give you two sporting examples. Uh, who won seven world championships, Grand Prix? There's only two people, yes? And? Right. So when they asked Michael Schumacher one day that what's the recipe for your success, you know what he told them? He said, when, even when I'm first on the grid, and I've got the fastest car. I look at the person who's last on the grid, who's got the slowest car, who's making his debut, who's young, inexperienced, and I see that what can I learn from him? So you always upskill yourself, always looking for opportunities to be better. They say Sachin Tendulkar, he practiced for the 200th test match with the same intensity that he practiced for his first test match. Always look for opportunities to upskill yourself. And the best thing is to learn to listen, not to hear. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Listening is when you listen with attention. We have this habit, we always want to speak. When there's any conversation taking place, we want to give, you know, they say, we want to hoi our five bob there. We want to make our view of, uh, listen to other people. That's how you will learn. Always try and learn new techniques. Don't be satisfied with what you know, even if it already makes you uh, very good. Guard against laziness. Many talented people are lazy. You know, the, the teacher said to the one child, you're so lazy. So the, the, uh, the student said, no, I'm not lazy, sir. I'm highly motivated to do nothing. So the other teacher told the other student, you know, you're so lazy that if they're to give an award for laziness, you'll send somebody else to pick it up. Muslims are not lazy. And leaders can never be lazy. You can't be mediocre. Like Manana was saying before, you must pursue excellence. Even if you're doing dini work, 
Even if you a leader in Taraweeh, if you're in Taraweeh, any Hafiz is here? You're a leader, right? You're leading the congregation. Not, don't learn just so I can finish my rakah. Say, how can I read? Not only about if I don't make mistakes, how can I read it the best that I can? You know, this is, uh, this iPhone, right? Steve Jobs. So Steve Jobs, when they asked him one day, that what is your inspiration? He said that when I was growing up, he, he had an adopted father. He was born to a Muslim father, by the way. Then he was adopted by a Christian family. So he said, my father, when I was young, a teenager, he told me that paint the fence. So I painted the fence. So at night, his father came home and told him, did you paint the fence? He said, yes. So the father went and looked at the fence. Now, you know, the fence has got the, the grooves inside. So he said, why didn't you paint inside? He said, no, who, who sees inside? You know, if the, fence is, if the fence is painted on the outside, whoever's walking by, it looks painted. So his father told him, we see inside. Years later, when they brought him the first prototype for the, for the MacBook, he told them that open, I want to see inside. They said, no, what do you want to see inside? It's all about how it looks on the outside. He said, no, we can see inside. The inside must be as beautiful as the outside. He was striving for excellence. So when the inside became as beautiful as the outside, that's when it became a world-renowned product. And that's when it surpassed all the other products. Um, also, in order to upskill yourself, you need to learn to accept criticism. Many of us, we have this weakness... We only like praise. But you must be looking out more for constructive criticism. Have people who can give you honest feedback. Even if they tell you ten things, nine is off the mark, but one is on the mark, accept it. The great leaders are always looking for that feedback to see how I can improve, even if it's one percent. They say great leaders know their weaknesses more than they know their strengths. Nowadays, we have this habit, we can rattle off, I'm good at this and that and that, and I have this ability and that ability. You look at Musa alayhi salam, Allah gave him the greatest position of leadership. But the first dua that he made was, Rabbi shrahli sadri, li amri, wahlul uqdatam min lisani. He knew he had a problem with stuttering. So he knew his, he knew what challenge, what, what, what was a challenge to him, and he made dua to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala for that. So upskill yourself. There's nothing wrong with pursuing dunya as long as you pursue dunya for the right reasons, for the sake of akhirat. So what the ummah needs is a generation of young dynamic leaders who will lead in every field, who will reach the heights of all secular and worldly sciences, but for the sake of akhirat, for the right reasons. Very quickly, the last two points, right? The fifth is vision. A proactive leader has vision. And to have vision, you must understand your market. You must understand who's the opposition. You must understand who are the players. You must understand what are the trends. And how will you understand that? By reading. If you are lazy to read, you're not going to fulfill your potential as a, as a, as a leader. Because they say when you read, you can lead a thousand different lives. Everyone's experience, everyone's knowledge is before you. And today technology has made it very easy. That you can, you can, you can, Siri can read for you. And you just have to listen. Because trends repeat themselves. What happened before is likely to happen again. So the more you read, your horizons are, are, are broadened. You also have to develop the habit of sitting with people of experience. Sometimes you may feel, now, nah, hey, this Baji, why must I sit with him and listen to his stories? But in between all of those stories that may be very boring, you'll pick up some real jewels of experience that will hold you in good stead in your own life. Then when, you, when you're leading a team, you must consult them. When you consult, you don't just say, I've decided, that's it. They, everyone feels that they're part of the process. That's why Allah Ta'ala said to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't have to consult anyone. 
But he consulted the Sahaba to teach us that in order to go far, you need to take everyone with you. You can't be, you want to go fast, you can go alone. But if you want to go far, you must take the group along with you. You must also be approachable. As a leader, it can't be that you're sitting, you know, high on your throne and you're just barking orders from there and everyone feels too shy to speak to you. In, in one book I read, one alim says that because Nabi Sallallahu had natural awe, right, as a Nabi, he would intentionally make jokes just to lighten the mood so that Sahaba could come and approach him and take benefit from him. Be a big picture thinker, you know, scenario planning. When you're a leader, you must always be thinking forward. If this happens, this is our plan. If that happens, this is our plan. Let me read the market. Let me understand the market. What's happening in the environment? If What are the different possibilities? Uh, in that way, you have a clear vision. You have a clear mission. You know what you want, but you also know how to go about getting it. So, five things before we go on to the last one. What was the first? Spirituality. And the second? Integrity. And the third one? Servant leadership. Hey, mashallah, you guys are sharp in the afternoon. And the fourth one? Upskilling yourself, right? And the fifth one? Vision, right? The last one is dealing with people in the right way. See, the, the, the worst tyrant was Firon. But when Allah Ta'ala sent Musa and Harun salam to them, Allah said, فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلَ اللَّيِّنَا Speak softly. When you harsh in the manner which you speak, people will be frightened of you. They may, they may cooperate with you out of fear, but you won't inspire them. You won't get them to cooperate in the, in the, in the long term. The second thing is that you must empower people. Look, Musa salam got the best position, the position of Nubuwa. But he said, oh Allah, make my brother Harun also a Nabi. Because he has the ability to speak better than me. So humility means that you don't want to do everything yourself because you want all the praise and you want all the control and you want to centralize everything. Servant leadership means you're willing to accept that other people have better skills than me. So I've got to allow for them to be empowered. When you deal with people, focus more on their talents than on their shortcomings. You know, nobody is short, nobody is free from shortcomings. In Makkah, Umar was the greatest op- opposition to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw his talent and he made dua that oh Allah guide him to Islam. Umar left his home with the intention of killing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Today is buried next to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He became a great leader because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw his talents and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam worked on harnessing his, uh, his talents. When you're the leader, you must make people feel special. They say when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would meet a person for the first time, he would make that person feel so special that that person would think I'm closer to the Nabi of Allah than even Abu Bakr Not that you make the person feel it, you know, you big, you someone, and he's small. Great leaders have these skills in how they, they deal with, with other people. I'll conclude with, um, with this hadith and, and one story. There's a hadith when Rasulullah Sallallahu says, Al-Mu'minu ya'laf wa yu'laf. A believer loves others. And because he loves others, they love him. And that's where these two, these two sections to the title tie in with each other. When you love others, then you serve them. And when you serve them, you become a servant leader. And you become of service to humanity. And that person who doesn't love others, there's no goodness in him. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi then The best of people are those who are of the most benefit to others. That's why... Allah wa ta'ala in the Quran says, Kuntum khayra ummah. You are the best of nations. Why? Ukhrijat linnas. You have been taken out to serve humanity. Not only to learn, not only to live for your own goals and your own objectives and your own aspirations, but rather to live, to add value to the lives of others and to be of benefit to others. I'll conclude with this, this anecdote. 
I, I quote it often and I've heard it being quoted often by others as well. But it talks to this topic of, of serving humanity. Uh, they say that the two great saints, Ibrahim bin Adham and Shafiq Balqi, they used to have these discussions. So one day Ibrahim bin Adham rahmatullahi asked Shafiq Balqi that what was the turning point in your life? So Shafiq Balqi was a man who totally gave up on dunya. He went into seclusion and he was only worshipping Allah Ta'ala. So he said, you know, one day I saw a bird that was blind and crippled. So I thought to myself that this bird is not going to survive. It's blind, it can't see, it's crippled, it can't fly. How is it going to get food? And he says, a short while later, I saw another bird come with food in its beak and put it into the mouth of the bird that was blind and crippled. So I thought to myself that, oh Allah, if you're taking care of the sustenance of this bird, which is blind and crippled, then of course you'll take care of my sustenance. So from today, I'm shunning the dunya and I'm only going to focus on ibadat and worship. So Ibrahim bin Adham rahmatullahi smiled and said, you took a good lesson. But you would have, it would have been better if you took a lesson from the other bird. You took a lesson from the blind bird. That the blind bird could do nothing and the sustenance still came. He said, why didn't you take a decision to be like the able bird? That from today onwards, I will dedicate my life to serving those who need my help. To be of service to the creation of Allah. Ta'ala. So make the intention. You know, I'm going to close with this. Make the intention. That Allah make me a leader for the right reasons, in the right way, to be of service to humanity. Ameen. Jazakumullah wa akhir da'wan. Alhamdulillah.